And today we put a lid on the basketball season for Kennesaw State, a successful season for both sides in a lot of respects. We're going to dive into it. And later on, we'll hear from the head coaches, Amir Abdurrahim from men's basketball and Octavia Blue from women's basketball. Nolan Alexander, Jordan Griffin and Mateen Rad bring you Inside the Next. All right, gentlemen, it's been a fun basketball season. And look, you never want to end your season with a loss, but inevitably for 99% of the programs out there, you do end with an L unless you're cutting down the nets in one of the postseason tournaments. Nolan Alexander, Jordan Griffin, and Mateen Rad. So uh, for men's basketball, we saw an incredible home atmosphere and a first-round win over Eastern Kentucky. The men lost in the quarters in a really tough back-and-forth game at Jacksonville State. And then the women came up short in a game that had, I believe, Mateen, you had like 12 lead changes that you wrote in your recap in the game against EKU on the road. They had a lead in the second half. And uh, I want to start out this way, Okay. For both of those ball games that KSU came up short in to end the season, you had those elites there. And given what these teams can return for the upcoming season, there's a lot to be excited about this offseason if you're a fan of Kennesaw State men's and women's basketball. Would you all agree? 100%. 100%. And, you know, so much of, you know, where these two groups are at. You know, especially looking at women's basketball, you have a new head coach. We saw the growth this season with the men's team, and that was a huge step having that home playoff game and that kind of atmosphere showing not only the growth in the program itself, but the growth in the culture. And that's something that I think these two coaches are really intent on, and I think we saw those steps this season. Yeah, there's absolutely no way you could look at this season for either one of these teams and think think it was a failure. Sure, that didn't end that the way that they wanted. Both teams ended up falling in the postseason. But you look at the women's team and you look at the, I want to say resurgence, but the surgence of a player like Princess Harden. Breland Snipes had a, a tremendous bounce back year. Of course, Amani Johnson did everything that she's done her entire time here at Kennesaw State this season. And then you look at the men's side. And it was almost, and I, I don't want to say this as a, as almost insulting to the team, but this is almost worth the entire season just to have that home game in the playoffs. I mean, it was such an electric atmosphere. I wasn't able to make it there. I was unfortunately uh, sick that day, but I was it, it, watching it from home. I mean, it was such an electric atmosphere. I'm sure you guys can speak to that. That was so cool to see. And that's something that three years ago for the men's team, was really hard to imagine. It was really hard to imagine that ever happening. Coach Amir Abdurrahim has done such a great job. And Coach Octavia Blue was just in her first full season. And I still think that that Kennesaw State women's team could play with a lot of these A-Sun teams. I mean, they almost lost or they almost beat Liberty. They only lost by six in the final regular season game. So to be able to have that ability as a first-year head coach, still building this team, and for Coach Amir Abdurrahim, what he's done over the last few years, get that home game. No way by any stretch of the imagination can you look at either of these seasons and think that they're a failure. So for the women's side, they increased their conference win total by three games compared to the year before. Amani Johnson named second team all-conference. She was all-academic for the third time in her career. 
fourth leading scorer in the conference, led the conference in minutes played. On the men's side, they had their most wins in a season as a Division I team since the 2016-17 season, most league victories since that year as well with seven conference victories this year. And just like you said, Jordan, I think for both these teams, you look at a lot of basketball where, wow, had a couple of breaks went their way or a couple of plays uh, turned out to be just a little bit different. You're looking at not just incremental differences in those win totals, but a vast difference. And that's part of building a program for each side. You're going to have those growing pains and that will come over time. I believe the men set four different records this year, made three pointers, three point defense, field goal defense this year, scoring margin. So again, both these programs are on an upswing going into next year. Looking back for you guys, what do you think was your favorite moment this year for both the men and the women? Man. See, that's so tough. I mean, I think for the women's side, you know, so many of the memories I've shared with the other guy on this call. And, uh, you know, those were some special moments that we shared. And um, I, I think for me, for the women's side, it was all about that North Florida game because it symbolized so much, again, where this program is going and where the places it can go as Coach Octavia Blue continues to develop this program. You know, coming down, you know, in a huge deficit against North Florida – and coming back to win that game, it was so exciting and the most exciting game that I've experienced in my time, you know, covering women's basketball here. In terms of men's, I think it has to be that first conference game. You know, you come out against FGCU, who, you know, didn't have the season everybody thought that they were going to have, but came in with a pretty big name in terms of men's basketball. Our first conference game at home. Kennesaw State goes to win it by 20-plus points. You know, it symbolized that this is the beginning of something new and that this is something that Coach Amir Abdul-Rahim can continue to foster in the near future. So many, so many to pick from. Uh, I think Mateen made two amazing picks. I will go with a different one for the women's just just to be, I guess, a little interesting, kind of like I do on Factor Fiction or, or the uh, or would you rather all the time. The North Florida game is the one I absolutely look back for this women's team and reminisce on. That's that's 100 percent the game of the year for Kennesaw State. But you did have a buzzer beater on a non-conference schedule against Furman, the Imani Johnson buzzer beater. It was a great play. And we also saw that play kind of drawn up in the fourth quarter for Kennesaw State later down the season. That was a great game because they ended up winning in overtime and the defense is what took over in overtime. But obviously Imani Johnson hitting that big three, something that she'll play on her highlight reel for the rest of her life, as she should. I mean, it was an absolute dagger. And for the men's, this is act, this might be a, a – Weird pick, but it was actually one me and you, Nolan, were on was the Central Arkansas game because that was just a different feel. The The combo was packed, which, by the way, fans, you've done a great job this year. The combo was packed many times this year for amazing atmosphere. But there was something about that Central Arkansas game to have almost the half court buzzer beater from Terrell Burden, the four or five different lobs, the athleticism that they were showing. I think through and through, that was probably the best game that they played this year. If not, it's one of, and I think, man, that was 
for some reason that that game was just so fun. And I look back at that game and I'm like, man, that was just that was just a really good night. I, I think that's the one for the men's. So y'all have both hit on my two. I was going to say I was going to say you would have to begin with for the women. But then Mateen said that. So I said, all right, I'll go with Furman. JG hit that. So I'm just going to be a copycat. And then for the men, too, it starts out with the EKU a Sun tournament victory over the Colonels, comeback fashion, electric atmosphere. And then second was that Central Arkansas game. That was a really, really fun game. Uh, alley-oops, out the wazoo, it seemed in that one. It's it just a fun brand of basketball, a fun time to be a Kennesaw State fan. So, uh, guys, anything else from this season that really stands out to you. Uh, you know, we, we talk about both these teams every single week, so I feel like we've hit on a lot of the details. But overarching, is there anything else that really stands out to you guys? Well, you know, talking about moments for the women's team, an honorable mention that might get mixed up with, you know, how big those North Florida and those Furman wins were was the win against Georgia Southern because Georgia Southern was coming off a historic win, having the biggest de- uh, you know deficit of victory or biggest margin of victory in what was it NCAA Division One women's basketball history, and then you know they were resting I think maybe a little on their laurels. Kennesaw State comes and gives them a game, and you look back in terms of four quarter performance, that might be Kennesaw State women's team's best game of the year. I think something else, Mateen, in that game, a moment, I think another one of those that goes with, I guess, individual moments that I'll probably won't forget is the Princess Harden back-to-back inbound steals for scores. Listen, one you get it one time, oh my goodness, that is that is an absolute stellar play. You're getting defensive player of the week in the A-Sun. I mean, that is one of those plays that you dream of that almost never happens. But then you get it a second time. And... I mean, everyone's stunned, like, okay, well, first of all, you got to clean that up. And second, how is Princess Harden getting there? How is she doing that, the ability to to be able to do that? So I think that's a that's a great moment from that Georgia Southern game that I think you're right, that was kind of underrated this year. Um, I would say for this women's team, again, I kind of already mentioned it, you have a lot of players that are coming in, and you have a lot of players that I think have so much potential. The ceiling for this team, I think, is very high. I mean, can you imagine if Breland Snipes takes another leap forward to the degree that she did this year? I mean, that's that's a 12-point-plus game score if she can do that. Princess Harden, I think she's probably going to be closer to the starting lineup as a sophomore. She showed, when she was in the game, she showed absolutely everything that you want to see from a player. Energy, heart, effort, all of it. Um, and, and for the men's team, I'm very interested to see how this, how this men's team is going to be in this next season because now – we saw it this year and that was another kind of underrated storyline the maturity throughout the year because there were a lot of games that i think late i think the eku game i think the first half of the conference season kennesaw state loses that game because they get down get into a a bit of a hole early something we saw a few times this year but this time they're able to to scratch themselves dig themselves out of it something i'm not sure if they would have done that last year maybe even early this year and i think seeing these guys go from young players. I mean, we've seen them all grow up right in front of our eyes to veterans. We saw that this year. And I think you're going to see that a little bit more next year. Guys like Brandon, guys like Terrell Burden, guys like Chris Youngblood. It's going to be interesting to see. 
I agree with that point, Jordan. And I think what's going to be great for the men's basketball program this offseason is clearly they had a good offseason last year, right? And last year, they there was still that hope and that light at the end of the tunnel of we're going to build this thing and, and we're going to get to a point. We're going to win some ball games here. We're going to have a good crowd. Now they've tasted it. And it's not like it's a taste and you end the season and you're all happy and you got to cut down the nets. No, there's – okay, we can hang with the big boys in the conference. We can win this thing. I mean, at the time of this recording, Jacksonville and Bellarmine are going to play for the A-Sun title game tomorrow night. Guess what? Kennesaw State beat both those teams. Beat them yep. both. Really, probably should have beat Jacksonville twice. Could have swept those that are playing for the conference championship. I think they're going to have that taste of, guys, we got something here. Let's work even harder, and let's go put ourselves in position to cut down the nets the next year. And here's another thing, too. From an individual standpoint, right? How many KSU players made all-conference this year for both teams? One, Amani Johnson. Chris Youngblood on the men's side would have been the leading candidate for Kennesaw State. Didn't get an all-conference nod. I'm sure that's going to put a chip on his shoulder in the offseason. I'm excited to follow the Owls in the offseason this year for both the men and the women. I think something knowing that you said so perfectly is now that they've tasted it, now that you have this offseason to stew on that loss against Jacksonville State, now you can be angry because a couple years before, you're just trying to prove to yourself or to the team that we can get to that spot and then we can play in the conference tournament and we can play with just about anybody. Well, now they've done that the entire season. They played everybody close. Now you get to be a little angry. You get to play a little angry when you come out the next off in the next beginning of, of next winter, next season for them. And you get to play with a little bit of that edge because now you're not only the underdog. Everyone thought they were the underdog this year. Everyone knows who Kennesaw State is now. They know that they're coming. And now you get to play with a little bit of that edge because we lost Jacksonville State this year, but it's not going to happen again. And I think that's what's going to be the attitude of this team coming into the season. And yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm shaking right now. I'm so excited for this team next season. We've seen so much maturity from this team. It, it's time. They're gonna they're gonna take over this next season. And I think they're set up in such a position that they can be really successful next year because they knew how successful they were this year. And you look at that squad, and there's gonna be very little turnover in terms of players that really contributed this year. I mean, Isaiah Reddish, you're losing him, and really that's the main guy that you're losing that was a contributor this year. And, you know, don't get me wrong, the man named Zay, you know, put off some great moments. I mean, we talk about that alley-oop city that we saw against Central Arkansas. And that was one of the moments of the year. But, I mean, you think about all these players that were stars, Chris Youngblood, Terrell Burden, Spencer Rogers, Damon Robinson, all of these guys coming back. You know, you're just building in for another fantastic year of basketball. It will be here before we know it, and we look forward to bringing it to you here on the KSU Owl Network. We'll step aside for a short minute. When we come back, we'll be joined by Amir Abdurrahim to get his thoughts on this past season and look ahead to the offseason following that. Octavia Blue, the head coach for Kennesaw State Women's Basketball. It's all coming up next on Inside the Nest. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all. Like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. 
At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a fifth third better. Learn more at 53.com. And welcome back into Inside the Nest. We're joined by Amir Abdurrahim, head coach for Kennesaw State men's basketball. Looking back on the 2021-22 season, Jordan and I and, and Mateen just went through kind of our highlights on the season. Coach, for you, now that you've had uh, just a little bit of time to catch your breath and, and reflect upon this past season, how do you view it and what stands out to you? Um. I try to keep it all in perspective, to be honest with you, Nolan. Um, you know, I thought we made some big strides, uh, you know, to move the program forward. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to downplay the, the fact that, um, you know, it's been a, probably a long time since um, we've been as a, and I'm saying as a program, we've been as competitive as we were. So I don't want to downplay that. Uh, but at the same time, too, just personally having the success be, being a part of success and past programs that we've had um i, I don't allow myself to uh, get too high on it you know just because i know uh there, there's more work uh to be done i thought there were i thought we could have had a, a even better season um just looking back on it but the other thing i understand is like we're we're in this process of of uh, establishing our program and it's part of the process. So I was, I was really proud of our guys. I thought uh, for the first time um, we had a real identity. I think people, you know, not only that came to our home games, but even the teams we played uh, knew that they had to bring their a game. They knew they had to be their best um, because they were going to get our best. So, you know, and looking back on it, you know, that that's what I'm most proud of. And, uh, enjoyed about the season the most is just the growth of the guys. And even like now, like difference between last year and this year is, you know, even in talking to them, you know, in this week that we've been off and they've been away on spring break, just checking in with them. A few of them are like, uh, like, man, coach, I, I, I'm having a hard time watching all these other conference tournaments. And I'm like, well, why? Cause man, I like, we should be playing. You know, and the question I asked them is like, hey, did you feel like that last year? Just being curious. And the, the consensus is no. You know, I had no like, no, I didn't feel like that just because they didn't know, you know, last year. And now they've had a taste of it. And, you know, I think they want more. Coach, so much this year we've talked about growth from this team. It's kind of hard to pick just one or maybe a couple of guys. But who are some players this year that you think have grown the most? Yeah, um, you know, the first guy is Terrell Burton. I, I think we've talked about him a lot throughout the year. But um, even up until the last two weeks of the season, you know, like I'm pushing him on, on wanting more. And uh, I, I was just really proud of his growth. I thought the last two weeks of the season, not just the games, but Terrell's growth was more coming. It needed to come in practice of 
um, being on every day, you know, being the guy that's holding his teammates accountable every day. Because, you know, I could point out a couple of games this year where, you know, I had to get Terrell started, um, you know, whether it was that shoot around or whatever it was or the beginning of a game and his energy not being where it needed to be, you know, as shoot around or the start of game, it hindered us, you know, as a team. But the last two weeks of the season, you know, he saw it. You know, we played JU on the road and we were shorthanded without DeMond. But, you know, he was his 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 energy needed to be better, you know, that morning in the start of that game. And um, I think he finally saw it that day. And the last two weeks of the season, man, I thought he was awesome. Um, so Terrell, for sure, um, I thought uh, Chris Youngblood grew um leaps and bounds uh he's always been a good scorer but i thought defensively i thought from a rebounding standpoint uh he grew and then uh spencer rogers i thought um and it may not seem like it based on his numbers but his growth just as a person his growth in fighting through adversity and 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 the slump that he went through and you know so on and so forth to learn how to be a, a great teammate through all of that I was really proud of of him and how he handled it all. I feel like I I might know your answer to this question, but I really want to get your thoughts. When do you feel like was the turning point for this team this year? Well, I I thought, to be honest with you, I thought it was the Nebraska game. Um, We... um, We started that game out. We, We were playing well to start that game out. And... We uh, we reverted back to some selfishness, you know, that we hadn't had uh, in a while. And after that game, myself, Coach Persian, uh, Alex Peterson, and Demond Robinson, we sat in the meeting room. I'm telling you, it had to be three hours. Yeah, I think it was three hours. And um, after the game, and and we we did more listening than talking. Um, I think. And just hearing them out and, you know, uh, Alex Peterson is a guy I think that doesn't get, you know, the the the, the praise he deserves, you know, and, and I don't think he he seeks it. You know, he, he likes to play the background, but uh, he he shared some things with us that night, you know, of how we needed to approach coaching our team, how we needed to approach Kurt, uh, coaching certain guys. Um, and the level of accountability that he felt like they needed, you know, um, at that time, he, you know, he said something to the effect of, um, you know, you want us to take it, but I don't know if we're quite ready to be where you want us to be, you know, and I thought that was, it was huge, you know, and he, he challenged me and I think that's the sign of a good team. I think it's the sign of a good coach, um, you know, the coach challenges the players all the time, you know, but sometimes you need your players to tell you, hey, man, we need this, you know, or we need that, you know, you being too easy on us, you know, and, and he does that for us. But we sat in that room for three hours and just listened, man, and talked and, you know, just, I don't know, man, it was it was exactly what we needed. So, you know, when we came back from Christmas break, you know, before we did anything, we we sat in, in our hospitality suite up here in the convo and two days straight, you know, put everything on the table, got all the toxins out, um, the things that would hinder our, our team from being as connected as we needed to be. And, and I really thought that was the turning point. It wasn't a game. It wasn't. It was us just 
being brutally honest with each other on what we needed to do, how we needed to go about things. Coach is kind of looking toward next year. Just a kind of a curious thought I have kind of as a general coaching question. How much do you balance as a transfer portal becomes bigger and more important? How do you balance that between getting actual freshman talent? Because this is a team that is young. Now we're going to see going guys going into their junior year. A lot of these guys are going to be maturing. How do you manage getting in transfers? Guys like Isaiah was this year versus going in and getting high school talent this year. Well, I, I think it's really important, like regardless of if it's the transfer portal or a high school kid, um, you know, our, our environment is really important to us and who we bring in our environment is really important to us. And so um, like these guys are older, you know, um, you know, technically going into their junior year. But I, I, I just want to remind everybody in a sense, like, you know, Brandon, Chris, Kaysen, those guys are still like they're going to be technically sophomores next year, redshirt sophomores, you know, uh, and and they played a lot of basketball, but they still have a lot to learn, you know. So um, we're going to be very selective in in what we do and what we, how we go about things. We I think we definitely uh, need to add one older guy, possibly two. We already have one high school kid uh, signed and coming in next year, Simeon Cotto, uh, Simeon Cotto out of Tri-Cities. They're actually playing um, and making for the state championship tonight, and we'll go down there and see him. But it's really important to to add uh, that we add maturity, that we add competitiveness, you know, along with ability, you know, because if, if a guy walks in here and he's not a worker and he's not competitive, uh, you know, these dudes will swallow them up, you know, and, and, and it will be hard for him to add value if he doesn't have those characteristics already, you know. So, um, you know, we got to do a deep dive into each guy that, you know, we recruit and, or in, and possibly bring in because we need whoever that is to add the maturity that Isaiah did, to add the steadiness that Isaiah did. And that was like he was huge in that area. Um, of just being an older guy that had played a lot of basketball before. Coach, I think we're going to enter from a fan standpoint, a very intriguing off season in a sense that something you had mentioned earlier, you know, these guys left the season with a bad taste in their mouth because they'd experienced it before in, in the great First round win that we had against Eastern Kentucky, a lively atmosphere, a comeback win. I mean, just just a, a storybook game in, in and of itself. And then Jacksonville State, a team that will represent the ASA in the NCAA tournament. A lot of ways, you know, neck and neck with Jacksonville State. And then looking at who played for the ASUN championship, Bellerman, who we beat on the road, Jacksonville, who we beat at home. And I'll say it. I think we should have won down there and didn't get some help from the stripes. But uh, seeing that the, where this program is, and whereas last year, maybe with the guys, they, they were still hoping and planning to get to there. But now that they've tasted it and it's in their grasp, I think this is going to be intriguing offseason from a fan standpoint. How do you feel about it as a coach? Yeah, you know, I, I have to again, I have to temper myself because I'm the, I, I've become a fan of these guys uh, just wanting to see them do well. Uh, and, and so I have to temper myself because I don't want to. I don't want to be too much of a fan, you know, um, like I'm, I'm probably one of their biggest cheerleaders and want to see him do well. But the thing that I'll say to that is this, it's like, uh, 
like, and I did touch on it earlier, like with them sitting here watching these other conference tournaments, and they're, you know, it's like uh, they 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 get that itch a little bit to to still be going, you know, and so that like that right there is the first sign that okay, you know, we 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 grew, like we found some things out about ourselves. The second thing is though is that you know the thing that I don't want them to get. Uh, too high on is the fact that we have everybody coming back, you know, because you can have the majority of your guys coming back. And uh, truth of it is, is man, if they don't work this spring and summer, um, if they don't take it serious, you know, from a standpoint of their relationships with each other, like forget that, like the basketball side, they're all going to put their time in, in the gym, but like, will they commit themselves to each other into those, those friendships and relationships to still be able to hold each other accountable, grow, grow in that area. And you could just as quick as we took a step, you know, well, I shouldn't say quick, but just as as, as uh, long as it took us to take a step forward, you can take a step back like that if you're not intentional um, about those things. So we're going to really, you know, uh, focus on our relationships. We're going to focus on um, obviously being competitive and working. Um, and getting better, you know, because the thing we don't want to do that, that crowd at that EKU game, you know, it was, you know, man, that's like what we've been waiting for, you know, uh, and that's what I think everybody got excited about. So, you know, hopefully those people that were at that EKU game are looking forward to whenever that next, our first game is next year. Right. And they're like, man, we're going to see that team again. Well, I don't want them to come and see a team that's taking a step back. You know, I want them to come see a team that's grown from the last time they saw, you know, and 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 even taking, you know, the next step in order to be, you know, a championship caliber team. So, coach, at this point in the offseason now, what does this look like for you and your staff too? Are you able to take a step back, catch a breath, spend some more time with your family. You know, you mentioned going to watch Simeon tonight. What, what does it look like for you guys right now? Yeah, we're still, like as a staff, we're still in go mode. That's why I say, you know, it's a like being a coach, I still say I've never worked a day in my life. You know, I really, I truly believe that like in this profession, um, just because I get to do something I enjoy doing, like I'm passionate about. So we're still in go mode. You know, this is a, uh, you know, when you're not playing, even though you'd rather be playing, but when you're not playing, you know, recruiting, you know, uh, at, or family comes first, but recruiting, you know, is, a, is, is right there second. And um, this is a time for us to get out and, you know, see some some high school kids that we haven't, you know, we didn't get a chance to see just because we were going. Some junior college kids we didn't get a chance to see. And then obviously the portal is – and then obviously the portal is uh, – you know, it's like a it's like a, a day party right now. You know, it's like everybody's going in left and right. And and so, you know, you're, you're in front of the computer a lot as well. Um, just evaluating those guys again, just trying to see, you know, who's the best fit, like, you know, for what we need to do. And so um, I, I wish I could say we could take a step back. You know, it's not as hectic as the, when the season's in, but uh you know, I, I again, I, I know a lot of people around here feel like we had a good year and I think we did. You know, we moved it forward. But I don't want to rest on I don't want to rest on that excitement. You know, I want to make sure I think this is a really important time of, 
you know, these next, you know, two months, if we do what we're supposed to do, we could even put ourselves a little bit ahead of the curve to start summer, you know, so, um, you know, I want to make sure we're, we're efficient with our time, but I also, I'm also, um, want to make sure that we, uh, we, we, we take full advantage of, uh, being able to get out and see some of these kids. And lastly, coach, is there anything else that you want to leave off with to address the fans, our nation, supporters, of the team, players, et cetera? Well, you know, the last thing I'll say, one, I'll say thank you. Um, I thought I thought our, our environment in the, in the convocation center, um, although I'd like it to be every single game we play. Right. Like where you can expect that crowd. But, you know, for the first time since I've been here, you know, I want to say we had you know, probably 10 games or so where, man, it was just like, it was, it's what those guys deserve. It's the environment they, they, I think they envisioned coming to play in when they came here. And, um, and, and so thank you for that. But then just wanting to reiterate that they make the difference, man, they really do. Uh, that EKU game, it was, it was back and forth. I think it was something crazy, like, like, 13 ties, like six or seven lead changes. And in that last, you know, four or five minutes of the game, you know, the crowd being into it the way they were, you know, chanting defense, you know, that gave our guys an extra edge, you know, to to make that run that we made. And, um, you know, our guys did their part, but, you know, those fans were a big part of it. So, you know, I just want to, you know, I want to encourage them to keep coming out. I want to thank them, you know, for – you know, everything they did this year. I want to thank the people more importantly, to be honest with you, that were here the first two years when we weren't very good, that came every game and supported. You know, they're they are even a, a bigger part of of the uh strides forward that we made. So we just want to continue to make them and, you know, make uh, you know, President Swag uh and and all of, you know, our alumni, our professors proud of uh the basketball team that we put out on the floor. Coach, it was a season to remember here for Kennesaw State with an exciting ending, and we're all excited for what's ahead. Thank you for the time, and best of luck here in the offseason. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. We know you're concerned for your health, but rest assured, we are here for you. Our hospitals, health parks, and offices are open and taking every safety precaution so you can get the care you need. Wellstar, more than health care, people care. And welcome back into Inside the Nest. Jordan Griffith along with Mateen Rad. We have Coach Blue here. Coach, your first full season as the head coach of the Kennesaw State Owls under the belt. What was your main takeaway from this season? Well, we definitely learned how to battle to the very end. That was the biggest thing. And um, we're learning how to win and, and trying to make it a habit uh, and just uh, establishing our culture for the first year. And for you, being a first-year head coach, you've been an assistant in Miami for a very long time. What were some maybe growing pains from your end of a coaching standpoint that maybe some people might not know about? Well, just finding consistency, uh, learning when to 
scale back and practice a little bit in order to get the most out of the the, the, the squad and games and uh, just preparation. Obviously, I had a way that I've always wanted to do it, but then um, you have to always adjust based on, you know, outcomes and, you know, the feelings of the player. So during my first year, it was a lot of like trial and error uh, type deal, but uh, nonetheless, I felt like it was fruitful. Uh, we got better in a lot of ways, and I look forward to what we have ahead. Coach, you already mentioned about your squad's willingness to fight down the final stretches of games. Was that something that was coached? Was that the natural mentality of your squad, or was it a little of both? It was a little bit of both. I, I, natural, I wouldn't necessarily say, because we, we had a close, close scrimmage early on uh, a, a, against another Division One team, and we were toe-to-toe winning the game, and then the last five minutes, you know, it, it got a little tough, and we wound up losing that game by 20 points. And I said to them, I said, uh, we were – five minutes left in this quarter and we were only down five points. Why did we lose by 20? And so uh, for me, we were just learning that even though someone punches you back, you have to continue to fight because as long as you're in the fight at the end of the game, you have an opportunity to win. So that was something we progressively learned. Um, I instilled in them. I I preached it over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, we came out on the short end of a lot of those games, but we're still learning to win. You know, some big memorable moments that really stick out from this year came from that willingness to fight down the final stretches of games. The OT win against Furman, a huge dub against Georgia Southern, and a comeback victory against North Florida. What moment from this year sticks out the most in your mind? Definitely that Georgia Southern game. Um, You mentioned, uh, I mean, a lot could have gone wrong. I don't know if you guys remember Alexis Poole. Foul the three point shooter. We didn't have to foul. We were up, and that kid missed. Thank God, and and uh, we we had opportunity to win that game. So that was one I was like literally about to barf on the sidelines because it was so stressful. But we pulled it out. But no one, honestly, we can't forget about that Furman. I mean, last second shot by your captain, your senior captain, knocking that down and just giving us a win over an established program, an established coach, and that was big time in our first year. I think also a win that uh, min- that Mateen mentioned a little bit was that UNF game and that being a conference game against, you know, Jazz Bond, one of the best players in the conference. You guys come back and fight in that game. What was that win kind of like for you guys? Because that was, I think, probably I think it's safe to say probably the best come behind performance you guys had this year. No question. I think we were down 15 and a half. And um, that was the first time I think we realized that, you know, you can win still and the game's not over if you're down 15 because it happened to us again and we found ourselves you know fighting for a win but that was an amazing comeback i think one of the things i remember vividly coming in the locker room saying guys we get this thing down to single digits you know it's all about how we start the third quarter uh we'll have an opportunity to win and momentum is everything in basketball momentum in sports is everything so all we had to do was regain the momentum and as you saw the game progress we were able to pull that out because we had the momentum flowing in our in our favor Again, something that the success of this team this season can be attributed a lot to is the full court press. What work went into coaching the press in preseason? Is there a certain mentality that needs to be instilled into your players along with, you know, the tactics of the press itself? Yes. I mean, we, we drill it a ton. We work on it every day. It's going to be, it's our identity. Um, you know, what I'm trying to put forth, we weren't great at it. There were times, as you can see during the, the, uh, the latter part of the seasons, we would get out of it because teams were just, you know, 
scoring on us and, and we didn't have the energy on the off offensive end, but it takes a while to learn how to press and to do it. You know, you have to be in tip top condition, obviously. And then you have to play angles and no one close down traps and rotations. And, you know, this is a team who wasn't used to that. There was a lot of learning. We had to prep this, break it down, you know, top line, back line rotations against different alignments from our opponents. And I, I would say my squad really just opened their eyes and their ears and they really took to this new style and they tried to play it to the best of their ability, which helped us win a ton of games this year. Coach, I know it's tough to pick just one or maybe a couple, but who are some of the players that you think stood out this year in terms of growth from the preseason to the end of the season? I have to say Breland Snipes. Obviously, um, we talk about Imani Johnson. She's going to bring it every day. Goodness, thank God for her this season. Um, just really reliable. But Breland Snipes, uh, I think she progressively got better, um, obviously, from her stats from a season ago and her minutes and her production. I mean, the kid didn't make a three-point shot her freshman year, but she's become a, a corner sniper for us uh, on kickouts. So just watching her progress. And obviously, I mean, her numbers may not reflect it, but I'm telling you guys, Stacey Jones is going to be a really good player. Now, you obviously saw what she was able to do with C, you know, prior to my staff and I coming here, um, you know, but that's, you know, without Alexis Poole on the floor, you know, you know so um, Stacey Jones, I am looking forward to working with her this offseason. I enjoy uh, developing po post players. She is a ball of clay and she wants to get better. She soaks up everything. I even work her out, you know, at this moment, probably, you know, during the season, I would take her in the gym myself. I enjoy the development and I think she's going to be an amazing player for us. Coach, speaking of developing post players, Princess Harden took an impressive first step in her collegiate career. How do you view the future for her? Uh, sky's the limit for Princess. I mean, undersized, obviously, but you couldn't really tell it because of her. Her arms are like oh, super long, and she has the ability to snag rebounds. And I mean, you guys remember that? I believe Georgia Southern game. She had a spell that I had never seen in basketball. I that was incredible. But the ceilings is. is it's limitless for, for Princess. I'm looking forward for her development and maturation throughout the summer as well. Um, you'll see her transition more so to the uh, perimeter. She, I think naturally that's her position. But, you know, sometimes when you're kind of the tallest player on your team at high school, they shove you under the basket and make you play the post. But uh, that she fit that for us this year, but potentially we'll be moving out to perimeter uh, as we develop her. And touching on, you know, players that can play both in the perimeter and in the post, Jillian Piccolino, I could be wrong. We saw her mostly in a guard role in the first half of the season before becoming a starter in the four spot. She has one more year as a senior. Do you see her future as more of a guard or as a forward? Well, you know, Jill suffered an injury, um, obviously, before we got here. And we didn't play her a ton in the uh, non-conference because, you know, I was a little bit worried about mobility. Um, she, you know, obviously, we were down once we had uh, some players out um, due to COVID protocols. And we had to suit up seven players. And Jill, hey, we threw her in there. And uh, she really showed me something that she's, even though not 100%, She's able to get up and down the court and be effective. However, um, I think defensively, it, it's uh, it's difficult for her uh, to defend on the perimeter. Uh, definitely difficult in the post. But in my offense, we're typically four round one, um, unless I go double double big lineups. But uh, I like her at the stretch four spot. She opens up a ton for Alexis Poole, who gets double often. So having her on the floor for that spacing purposes and ability to knock down shots opened up the inside for us. I know this is also going to be a tough one to pick, but I got a, a question for you. 
What do you think is the more difficult play or maybe the diff- the play that surprised you most this year? The Furman three-pointer or we mentioned it already Princess Harden stealing back-to-back inbound passes versus Georgia Southern. It was I think it may have been Princess Harden back-to-back steals. I mean, their coach had to call a timeout and find somebody else who can inbound the ball. I think she was even looking at her athletic trainer see if he can get in the game. I mean, that was the most incredible <laughs> A sequence I've ever seen and honestly we talked about momentum earlier I think that shift the momentum in our favor because I'm, I I can't even tell you the adrenaline rush that I had as a coach and my entire bench I mean the entire arena combo just erupted that was the most incredible thing I've ever seen honestly now talking about Imani Johnson we talked about her so much throughout the season you said thank goodness that she was on the team this year I mean, let's just add on to what we've already talked about this year. Monty Johnson had a terrific year, as always. Yeah, no, she did. Um, You know, she and I laugh all the time. I, You know, our short time together, um, I told her she has a future in coaching because uh, just picking up what what I've what I've implemented it uh, into the into the squad and just conveying my message. um, I know she mentioned this in another podcast. episode with you guys we've actually screamed the same thing multiple times in practice she sees what I see um a coach on the floor an extension um and just showed up every single day um we gotta obviously in recruiting get her some help when she returns this year fingers crossed but uh she had to carry a huge load we talk about the minutes nearly 40 minutes a game primary ball handler um just did a ton for her I mean wow incredible I don't know where we would we wouldn't have the nine wins that we did without Imani Johnson Coach, when you first took this position over, what were your immediate goals and how do you assess now at the end of the season the progress of those goals? Well, my immediate goals was to, you know, obviously be better than we were last season. Um, uh, my, my squad came in. We wanted to implement our, our way of playing. Um, a winning mentality and a never give up mentality. And those were the goals. And we thought the fruits of our labor would prosper if we kept that mentality each and every day. And I felt that for the most part, our, our kids tried. Now we had a couple games where sometimes it's just easy to quit, but we always talk to them about winning and it's hard to win. If it was easy to win, everyone would do it. It's hard and only elite teams win all the time and they're the most consistent. So we worked on trying to be consistent um, one of our goals, which I, I'm happy that we we were able to accomplish, was to take care of the ball a little bit better. Um, I spoke to Amani, and she, that was one of our – we had small goals in the beginning, and that was one of them, less turnovers. She talked about the squad having, you know, 20-plus turnovers and games from just simple tri- travels and miscues on – player to player passes and we worked really hard to clean our feet up work on fundamentals each and every day whether it be ball handling passing and just not eliminate eliminating those types of turnovers so really happy with what we were able to do in those areas and as we stop looking at the past and this past season we look toward the future it was a big year of development for your team are there any specifics on what you'd like to improve on with your squad before the next season rolls around Yes, uh, we definitely have to shoot the ball a little bit better. Do, don't like our percentages, especially from the foul line. Uh, 
And then rebounding. Um, I'm huge on that. Um, a role of mine in the past that my other, you know, as an assistant coach, I was in charge of rebounding and that's all I see. I can't unsee it. So miss blockouts and non, we call them non attempts, not even going to the rim for a rebound. It just, it's glaring to me. So for me, we got to improve our rebounding because it allows us to have second chance opportunities on the offensive end. And then just, you know, not giving, you know, a team two and three opportunities. You're going to get killed if you continue to do that. Um, but shooting the ball better for sure. And then we more, we need more ball handlers, you know, um, people, I don't particularly like to wait and slow down offenses and pass the ball to one person. You know, I want to have multiple guards who have the ability to bring the ball up the floor. So we're not slowed down. Coach, you somewhat mentioned already talking about recruiting. How quickly do you kind of take off the coaching hat, put on the recruiting hat for the offseason, given that it was only just about a week ago? Yeah, it hasn't. I haven't taken it off. Uh, obviously, I think how teams have gotten better in this league is that they've utilized the transfer portal. Um, we are doing that as we speak. We have a ton of visits set up this week. Uh, my staff and I have been grinding since uh, we were on our bus ride back from EKU. Um, so we've got a ton of uh, visitors coming to campus. Um, we have a lot of prospects that are promising, that are really talented, that's going to really close the gap between where we are now and where we potentially will be next season. Now, I'm going to ask a question maybe a whole lot of coaches don't get, but in your first full season as the head coach of the Kennesaw State Owls, how much fun did you have this year? I had a blast. When I tell you um, just the love and the warmth that I received from everyone and the support, I really felt, you know, on my interview that Kennesaw State was a, a special place. And after being here for one year, I, I didn't I wasn't wrong. I think this place has an, uh, the potential. KSU has the potential to be really, really good with the support and the community. I mean, I, I talk to Coach Amir all the time, and him and I have a great relationship. He helped me navigate through my first season, and watching his game against EKU and the atmosphere that was in the combo, I can only imagine once we get this thing rolling on our end, the support of the student population, the community that we, we have, the potential of this thing blowing up and being a really big-time basketball uh, program or, or athletic department, it's exciting for the future. So I'm excited for what we are what we have ahead, and I, I intend to build, just like Coach Amir had a wonderful season. He's not done yet, but I see ourselves. I'm, I'm going to keep grinding. He told me already, Coach Blue, you're ahead of me for my, my first season. So um, I'm looking forward to what we will potentially have here. All right, well, one last question, Coach Blue. What would you like to say to Owl Nation out there who, who stuck by this team, watched this team throughout the entire year? Owl Nation, I thank you so much for the support. I felt it. I saw you guys come out to the combo this entire season, rally this team. I look forward to seeing you in the combo next season where we bring more exciting basketball and more wins. We're, we're on our way. We're on our way. Coach, well, I think I speak for all of us in saying we're very excited for the future, and it was a very entertaining first year. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for having me, and then I want to personally thank you for all that you've done calling the games this season and, and supporting us as well. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much, Coach. We you appreciate that. Thank you so much, Coach. And welcome back into ITN. Appreciate the time that both of our head coaches lent us here on Inside the Nest. And yeah, after those conversations, I am pumped for what's ahead in 22-23 for Kennesaw State men's and women's hoops. But the competition is not over. We have reached our finale here in the scoreboard segment. Unofficially, the totals, Mateen, five, 
Me, three. Jordan, two. I've got a would you rather for us, and then we'll get to fact or fiction, and we'll go over some new rules because that's how this basketball season has gone. We've made up rules in this segment as we continue to go, and it started with the guy in the lead, Mateen. And when he first started out, he made up his own freaking rules on this, so we got to follow through, right? Started it one way, we got to finish it the same. It's totally um, fair. As a precursor to my fact or fiction for Would You Rather, since this will be our last basketball podcast before the next uh, movie comes out to end the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World trilogy, which is my all-time favorite, it's about dinosaurs, okay? So, would you rather be a T-Rex or the Apex Velociraptor? In your pack. Mm. T-Rex. Personally, T-Rex. I hate to say this, but I think I think Raptors are a little overrated. I, I feel like, the, you know, Jurassic Park, don't get me wrong, I do love those movies. They feature a lot of those Raptors. I know they've been doing it with, like, uh, what's his name, Chris Pratt, and they're, like, you know, very, very smart, and they can communicate with them. That's cool. I would rather just smash people to bits. That's exactly what I would rather do. I'm a T-Rex. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. T-Rex all the way. I feel like there's such disadvantages to having such short arms. You know what I'm saying? Not that Velociraptors don't really, you know, have long arms in respect, but T-Rex, you're never hugging anyone again. You never, yeah. You're probably That's not shaking hands. You know? Yeah. Probably not caressing someone's face gently. <laughs> you're probably not, you know, removing a piece of hair, you know, from a loved one's face. No, there's so many things, and you know, I feel like a, a, a T Rex life is a lonely one. And you know, I'd rather it be me and the boys, you know, me and the Velasa boys, B O I S, going and you know, hunting and having a time, having the time of our lives, dude. Scaring children in kitchens. Yep. And other stuff as well. That's really the only scene that I remember from the movie. <laughs> well, they open the door to get into the kitchen, right? Isn't that isn't that a thing? I feel like they opened the door to get which is. Oh, like, I okay. can't wait to get this fact or fiction. Y'all are gonna be stumped. <laughs> Do you what, what? What would you rather, Nolan? Okay, look. So the movie coming out this summer is Jurassic World Dominion. Did y'all see Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Yes. yes. Okay, good. You can stay on the podcast. Good. Uh, so <laughs> Fallen Kingdom, right? They come and now they're in America and they're in California. Well, now Dominion is they're all over the world now and everyone has to ring them back in and try to save the world because now everyone's gotten their dna and everything and you saw it at the end of fallen kingdom right they're going around the uh mosasaurus is out in the ocean uh the pteranodons are flying around the coastline so everyone's here so i'm thinking in today's world t-rex or velociraptor along with the jurassic park version of these dinosaurs which is not as paleontologically accurate as to what they looked like because the raptors are actually like the sizes of turkeys i know i'm boring you the listener <laughs> there's one dinosaur fan out there it's like oh my gosh this guy's a nerd yeah uh i'm gonna go off the jurassic park version in today's world i'm a velociraptor like you're a t-rex that big you don't have room to roam around like there there is a reason that that thing was running into everything when in uh, Lost World when it landed in San Diego. I couldn't imagine being a T-Rex in today's world, but a raptor? You're right, Mateen. I could go around. I could scare people in the kitchen. I got plenty of room to run. I'm the apex guy. I'm Knieving. I'm a clever girl. 
Yeah, it's raptor time. <laughs> Clever hey. Girl's a Jurassic Park reference too. I know that may have probably went over you, you guys' heads. It did. I also I didn't know Nolan. You're such a big dinosaur fan. Uh, I'm glad to know it. Um, T Rex, but again, T Rex. I have plenty. I just go back home. I'll have plenty of room to roam. I mean, no one lives out there. You got you got like the entire middle of the United States. You can walk in. No one would bother you. Yeah, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota. Exactly. There's a lot, <laughs> lot of room to work out there. But I mean, I, I, I see the raptor argument. I see the raptor argument. I just, I would just like to be the biggest, baddest dude on land. That'd be great. All right. So the finale of Factor Fiction again: Mateen five, Nolan three, Jordan two. So the way this works again: uh, the winner of this gets a massive pat on the back and we'll get a chance to hit a half court shot at the convocation center in front of all the friends of the podcast and fans of the podcast for a chance at glory. Okay. So, uh, if y'all both guess incorrectly, then I get three points and I beat Mateen. If Mateen gets it right, he wins. If Mateen gets it wrong, he gets negative two points, and then it's a three-way tie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I I am totally in the boat with I I am so far behind everybody. I think I should probably be eliminated. So I think it should come down to you two. I think that's that's probably what it should be because I don't think there's any I don't think there's any sort of rule we could jargon up for me to somehow spring you guys in and come in first place. There's no way. No, we're wait, I'm done with that. No, you're not. You're not getting negative two. Um, but how about this? If Mateen's going to go first, right? And then Jordan, you can decide to guess the same as him, and then potentially I would get two points, or you could take a separate guess, and then it's the normal one point for the winner. So you can give the game to Mateen, or you can choose Anarchy. It will be this your a choice. Popularity contest, my guy. <laughs> oh man, that, now this is putting a lot of pressure on me. Yep. So those are those are going to be the rules. Okay. Oh god. There's no, there's no negative points in here. I'm not that mean. Oh man. All right. It's come down. Here to we it. go. Fact or fiction, and and I, one of these is true, and one of these is false. I made darn sure of it. I didn't have a, a hiccup again. No double triples <laughs> here. All right, Mateen, you're up first. Yes, sir. In, Jur- in Jurassic Park, Dennis Nedry tried to smuggle frozen embryos in a Gillette shaving cream container. Or Owen Grady served in the Navy before taking a job at the park in Jurassic World. Fact or fiction? Which one? Oh, man, that's so tough. I know he was in the military of some sort. I don't know if it was the Navy. Is uh is the first guy Newman? Is the first guy Newman from Seinfeld? The guy who was sneaking embryos? Yes. Okay. All right. Um I feel like a shaving cream container is so small for uh an embryo. You know what I'm saying? Like <sighs> what hold on, what kind of embryo? Dinosaur? I don't think he's going to clarify that. Like Raptor, I don't know. I'm sure it was a dinosaur. What do, you, do you remember what the movie is about, Jordan? I don't know if you know this. It was about dinosaurs. About, <laughs> goodness gracious. Okay. Rangatan. 
<laughs> See, I feel like I feel like the Jurassic World one is a half fact. I feel like he was in the military, but it wasn't the Navy. So I'm going to go with the first one as fact. Man. So, again, there's a lot of pressure on me. I guess I'm just going to go against it. I honestly believe that the... I actually am going to go against because I, I believe that it's true because I think he did the half-truth for the first one because I don't think it was a Gillette ca- container. I think it was a was a Barcel, whatever the like original uh, shaving cream. There's a, a different one besides Gillette. I don't think it was Gillette. I think it was something that started with a B. So I'm going to go with the other Barbasol? one. Barbasol? Is that what it is? Barbasol? Barbasol? Is that what it is? Dude, look at my face. I don't shave. I don't need to, obviously. I mean, that's that's uh, that's what I'm going to go with. Then it's I over. Actually, we don't need the answer, Nolan. The dub is mine. <laughs> That's and I actually believe this. I'm not just picking against just to just to be that way. I actually believe this one. I'm going with the second one. It's fact. You know, I should have thrown three in here. That would have been really good if I did that, three. That would have been good. Okay. <laughs> Jordan, you were on the money. It was a Barbasol. It was not Gillette. And Owen hey. Grady served in the Navy. Hey, I'm I'm the biggest Jurassic Park fan beside Nolan out there. That's it. That's me. That's me. Oh, uh, you know, I feel so bad. Except I don't, because I still win, dude. I still win, dude. No champagne around. It doesn't matter. I'll drink my water. I'll be healthy about it. The dub, the dub ski is mine ski, dude. All right. Well, we're gonna line up a half court shot here soon. And we'll make sure to get it on video and put it on Owl Network Twitter after the release of this podcast. And that you can see is not mine, Dubsky. Say <laughs> <laughs> so we, we can see how close Matt Teen's gonna come. Jordan, uh, you know, credit to you, man. Credit to you. You you went ahead and try and try to do the right thing there. We end up in a second place tie. We'll share the silver medal. Hey, you know what? I won, but I lost. And you know what? I I followed my ethics. I followed my moral compass, and I said, you know what? I know that's not Gillette. I got it. I got to go. Got to go with that one. And ended up paying off, but not really. Yes. And it was dinosaur embryos he was trying to smuggle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a given. Come on. Can you imagine if it was anything but dinosaur embryos? Oh, me. Well, make sure to see Jurassic World Dominion in theaters June 10th. L. Uh, oh man, I didn't know you were a big Jurassic, dude. I didn't know you were in the pocket of Big Jurassic. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know they were oh, yeah. also a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, they they are. They are. They signed up to be a sponsor. So you listening at home, if I've sold you on this, hit me up. Let's go watch in the movies. I will be going as many times as I can um, until we have our baby girl in July. Um, or if you're like, hey, where's Nolan? I can't get a hold of him. His cell phone's off. Oh, he's in the movie theater this summer. That's why. No, but for real, this has been a lot of fun this season. Um, I've really enjoyed the insight and the interviews that y'all have brought to Inside the Nest. Y'all have done an excellent job here this season covering our men's and our women's teams. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed these segments as well, and uh, looking forward to next season. Can't wait. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. So, for Mattine Rad, our Factor Fiction Champion, for Jordan Griffith, our Fall Football Champion, and our Basketball Runner-Up, I'm Nolan Alexander, and until next season, go out. Go out forever. <laughs>